Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. This is going to be one that is undoubtedly one of our more epic episodes based on everything that just happened this past weekend in Huntington, West Virginia. But you can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And of course, head over to Facebook, give the page over there a like as well. In the descriptions, we have the links to all of our other social media accounts, like, of course, the YouTube channel. You definitely want to follow the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of the video Thundercast, but also any of the episodes of Inside the Thunder that get posted every other week. One just dropped the other day with Herd Hall of Famer Dan Derricott. Um, and, of course, all the links to our killer sponsors that make this show possible and keep it keep us being able to do all the things that we are able to do for Herd fans and the Herd fan base. Also, uh, you we make it really easy for you to join uh, and be a part of the Big Green, which is oh so important. And you can also get involved with the Thunder Trust, and we'll have some more news about the Thunder Trust later on as part of this unbelievable weekend. But Russ, we've got a lot to get to. So let's get ourselves a word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim, but when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Well, the word epic, I'm not sure, quite encapsulates how this weekend went, not just for us, but for a number of herd fans and herd athletic programs. So, um, this is probably the one. Uh, I know you're going to give me some things, so let's let me have it. How many things are we talking about this week? Well, this week we're going to have a lucky number 13 things every herd fan needs to know this week. Brought to you by Ignite Link. The Tri-State's premier IT management team. We're going to have a bunch of them, so we're going to hit them quick. Not yep. as much discussion this week. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook if you want to talk about them, ind- anything individually, a little more in-depth. Yep. Number one, Sunbelt Conference Tennis Awards. Johanna Strom wins Freshman of the Year. Uh, the duo of McGrain and Hurion get second team doubles. Strom and Vander Hayden get first team doubles, and Strom herself gets first team in singles. Yep, we have been telling you that this Herd's tennis team seemed to have taken a big step forward, and I think some of these honors are proving that. Uh, Johanna Strom, Johanna Thunder Strom, has uh, taken the league by storm. Bad pun number one. And uh, it's just awesome to see. They're currently in the SBC tournament right now. They won last night. They're in the quarterfinals. They're going to play later this afternoon. Uh, so we'll see if their season gets to continue. But excellent awards for her tennis in year one in the Sun Belt. Men's basketball, going over to number two, they snagged uh, transfers coming in. You got uh, guard Cam Crawford. He's uh, from Indiana State. Mm-hmm. And forward center Nate Martin from Texas State. 
We yep, played him I, a couple times last year. I think Tay, uh, I think Nate Martin was the one that most folks had their fingers crossed a little bit about because that gives you the big down low that that is going to hopefully offset uh, quite a bit of what was lost with uh, Henlogden departing and heading down to Gainesville. And if you can see uh, a continuation of the development of the game of Obana, this might be the perfect accent to what we needed down low. Uh, Got to be excited about Cam Crawford, too. We had an opportunity to talk about some folks that know things a little bit more intimately about men's basketball than we do. And um, I'll tell you, uh, pretty excited about Cam and what he brings uh, to the Herd men's basketball team. In fact, joked uh, a little bit like we might be getting too many Cams <laughs> to play in the Cam this coming season. But two excellent additions. I think this fortifies what Marshall needed. Uh, based on what was departed, and then you throw in guys like Connor and Fricks and on down the the, uh, the the bench there, I think Marshall's in a pretty good spot. So excellent pickup from those two guys. Quick thoughts on me uh, from me on this is uh, disregard any stats that you see from these uh, players from last year. Not that they're going to not tell you a story. Like, you know, you're pretty pumped that uh, Crawford shoots over 42% from three. But when you look at accumulation of stats, keep in mind that the minutes they played are not going to be what they will play here at Marshall, and also that it's a totally different system. So don't just expect a plug-and-play of, well, he got this there, that's what he's going to get here. You know, numbers can and should go up for both. Mm -hmm. All right, number three, Marshall Esports claims its first national championship beating NC State in Smite. I mean, we talked about uh, esports as a thing many, many moons ago as becoming vastly popular in, you know, the world of sports in general, which most folks are like, yeah, duh, no kidding. But, you know, our program here at Marshall is basically in its infancy. And we've talked to some folks that are um, closer to that program than most folks are. And we got a big influx of um, new equipment and things like that to help Mm -hmm. them compete. Uh, yep. in, in the in these spaces, because some folks see that there is value there, and this can become a real legitimate recruiting tool, a, a program that can uh, uh, be in the black for Marshall. You know, not yep. just something that you lose money on. And three years in, and getting getting its first big investment ever in the program, and they bring home a national championship. So shout out to those guys and gals, the entire esports team, all those movers and shakers and admins that are behind that. Uh, I think that's going to be an excellent investment, and if one that Marshall can see, well, obviously, uh, instant returns on instant returns on investment. On number four, we talked about uh, briefly the Cayman Islands Classic in men's basketball, but uh, the teams were announced. That is Drake, LMU, Marshall, Oakland, Ole Miss, Stephen F. Austin, Utah State, and Wake Forest. So in November, right uh, before Thanksgiving, when they head down to the Cayman Islands, that's the teams that Marshall will play. Yeah, this is an excellent opportunity to get some of those big-time wins on the resume. We've talked about that in the past, and we've heard that, you know, folks say that even losses to good teams help your rankings in those, you know, the net and all that kind of stuff, uh, more so than winning against lower-tiered opponents. And a little bit of news that I saw coming across the timeline earlier before we hit the record button, the old Miss uh, picked up a uh, transfer that Herd fans will be um, 
familiar with. They just landed big seven foot five center Jamarian Sharp from Western Kentucky. Mm. So that's a guy that herd the herd has a little bit of history with, and they're going to uh, potentially, if he's you know on the roster and healthy, ready to go for the Cayman Islands, uh, could potentially match up against him again. But excellent opportunity all the way around to pick up some uh, early season quality wins for this herd men's basketball program. Number five, this is something uh, locals in Huntington can drive by and physically see, but the scoreboard demolition is underway at the Joan. I mean, I don't want to do nothing but smile and nod at that because it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, the, the, the Joan is going to look differently from just that, right? Coming mm-hmm. this fall, I mean, a huge video board. You've heard Christian Spears talk about it before in the past that – it's going to be either the third or fourth, but definitely top five biggest video board uh, in the country. Say that again, in the country. So you know how it is. This is one of those things to where you're like, well, our board's bigger than your board type thing. This, so I'm sure he would like to have those final measurements come in at number three because that'd per- be pretty awesome. But uh, it's coming, folks. And and yeah, you know, I'm sure you're like, well, we're taking seats out for a video board. Yeah, we're taking seats out for a video board now, but we're also adding more to that project. It's just not all going to be done, you know, before week one in September. But mm-hmm. take it in stages. The Joan in two, three years, four years is going to look massively different, and it's going to be so freaking cool. Yeah, and you kind of hinted around at it, but it is not the uh, party deck to be finished before the fall. So in, in phases, what KD means there, this is only to get that uh, video board in first phase is to get that in. And then next year, hopefully I think is the plan that they will get the, uh, the rest of that end zone renovation done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of need to know where the video board lands so that you can begin to, you know, provide the architecture and the design for everything else. So you can't just throw it all in there and hope that it works. So this is the way to do it. Just be patient for a year or two, and then we'll have a completely new look stadium that's going to be so user-friendly that I think folks are going to want to go to game. That casual fan that's like, yeah, I'll just stay at home and watch it on TV. I think that's going to go away for a lot of people, and you'll find, you know, more folks at the Joan with reduced seating capacity, which will make it an even better environment overall. It's going to be awesome. Not not reduced from where we were at this year. No, I mean, in, yeah. I meant from like 38,000 or whatever. Right. Number six, track and field records have been broken. Uh, the uh, Jesse Owens Classic up in Columbus, Macy Majoy, go figure, broke uh, the pole vault record, and it is now 4.08 meters. Abby Herring got into the 5K, which she hasn't been running at before. <laughs> and I did not write down the time. Shame on me. Uh, hopefully, we'll have that a little bit later. And Sydney Smith uh, is the new record holder in the steeplechase at 10 minutes, 48.59 seconds. I, th- I, th- I tell you, the, th- the funniest thing to me, hey, let me get out of the way. Not surprised at all that Macy Majoy breaks, re-breaks, breaks again, and continues to break a pole fall record. That's kind of like her thing now, I guess. Uh, Sydney Smith in the steeplechase is also a really cool thing. That's not one that we had really been like, ooh, that might that record might go down any time now. But the funniest one to me was that the herd track and field account was like returning to the 5k. <laughs> so just mm-hmm. indicating like, well, I haven't been really running it, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot at it. Abby Herring, of course, making a return 
to a distance that she doesn't normally run, I guess. I mean, it's not like you don't run a 5K in your normal training regimen. Mm-hmm. You just normally don't run the event uh, or run competitively, that. Yeah, competitively. Others, yeah, competitively. And then she sets a school record. Good gracious. What a great weekend for track and field overall, though. Yeah. Number seven, the dots, huge records. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. 2,768 attend the Alabama game last Tuesday. And then the herd beat a top 25 team at the dot for the first time ever against Virginia tech this Tuesday. Yep. Those pictures from the Alabama game are unbelievably cool. Like people everywhere around there. I hope that, you know, the herd athletic department did learn a few things about a managing a crowd that big because I'm not sure that even they thought that many people were going to show up. But uh, now we know that it is possible that uh, that many people can actually, I don't want to say fit there, but will turn out for a game there from time to time. Uh, and, and to make it more user-friendly next time, I bet, I bet they, you know, they, they found some uh, pinch points that they can circumvent maybe next time. I did see attendance for the Virginia Tech game was a, a just a tick over a thousand, a thousand sixty four or something like that. So two unbelievably well attended games, and I will say that uh, that Alabama game twenty seven sixty eight not only a dot Hicks field record but also a record in the state of West Virginia for a softball game. So mm-hmm. that's a great one to hang your hat on. Yes, uh, went, sir. They, they went toe-to-toe with Bama for a while, came up short in that one, but still it's a really good Alabama team. And then, of course, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. They clipped Virginia Tech, so that's a top 25 double on the resume. It's getting hard to de- deny these uh, herd softballers when it's going to come tournament time, I tell you, man. First top 25 victory uh, altogether since 2008. And then, of course, like I mentioned, first time ever inside the dot. Yep. Number eight, I got some football portal news. Quarterback Cade Cunningham, wide receiver Caden Bertie, wide receiver Zion Adams, defensive back Jalen Beasley, and offensive lineman Tristan Bittner all entered the portal. And we picked up a couple from the portal. We got place kicker Cameron Lake and Juco running back Antoine Roberts committed and are coming to Marshall. Yeah, this is we knew this was going to happen. Portal windows not closed. You know, it's it's I think it's getting down to its final few days, really, because I think it was a two week window starting on the 15th, maybe. So um, a couple of days left to make some additions in this portal window or or some more losses. But we knew this was going to happen. Of course, it had been previously announced that when the portal opened, guys like EJ Horton were going to enter the portal. So it just didn't happen, you know, over the past couple of days. But uh, a number of guys that uh, I was excited to see. Uh, and, and folks, you know, that we had been, uh, that we had gotten to know a little bit, you know, parent wise and stuff like that, that, you know, hopefully some things will happen and, and maybe some of these folks will get to return to the roster, but all you can do, man, I mean, they, they want to play number one, they want to play. And number two, you know, they, they just, they, they, maybe they just need a breath of fresh air or a fresh start, but, uh, always hate it when guys hit the portal. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, like you say, we celebrate guys that join the herd out of the portal. So you can't be mad when guys leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it just sucks to see them go. Cause I, I wish everybody that came here, you know, I wish you were able to put everybody on the field and they could all have the experience that they want to have and, and continue to be here the whole time. But I get it. So I thank them for all their hard work, blood, sweat, and tears of getting us to the point that where we are. And, you know, if we go on and do something super special, all these guys that, 
have helped build that over the past couple of years are going to be a big part of that. So um, I wish them well, man. I, I really do. I, I would love to keep them all, but I understand, you know, you got to do what you think is best for you. Yeah. And again, this also opens up a few spots for us to bring people in as well. You know, yeah. uh, not all these people were on scholarship, but it did open up a few. Uh, number nine, women's basketball sees Samantha LaFawn enter the portal. Local yep. girl from over here in Chesapeake, just across the river. Yep. Uh, had a really good, strong end to the season last year. I uh, remember talking about uh, Samantha going toe-to-toe with uh, Ms. Blunt, I believe it was from Coastal Carolina, and uh, how well she played in that game. And, and and I hate to see her go, too. You know, this is part of that young nucleus of players that I thought might be uh, here for a while, but there's a lot of women's basketball news that we'll get to here. I don't know if it's next or next couple of things, but uh, Kim Stevens, you can tell, has been on the recruiting trail, um, doing some work trying to make this herd team instantly competitive in the Sunbelt Conference, not just competitive, but like an instant contender, I think, is is what her goal is. So uh, Samantha is, is unfortunately going to look for her next chapter, but I mean, I enjoyed watching her this season and hope uh, she finds a even better landing spot for uh, what she's trying to do in collegiate athletics. Number 10, more portal news. Gabriel Parada transfers in for uh, men's soccer. Interesting one, right? Uh, there were a lot of um, kind of recruiting profiles or player profiles that kind of got posted and nobody was really sure if, they had that the guy was the right product. guy, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think we can. We ultimately figured it out. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it written down here. But if I'm not, I'm trying to go off memory, which you know is a dangerous thing for me. Um, was this UNC Wilmington? Maybe? Yes. Okay. Yep. And an older player, right? Twenty four. Twenty. Okay. So I think some of these things were piecing together. Goalkeeper, uh, a guy that's kind of been around and played. In, I want to say in some. Uh, I don't know what you would call him. Like, uh, is he from Brazil or is it some, I don't know what country it is, but now that I was going to say Paraguay might but, be, uh, but might be. But I'm saying, I don't know how it goes. Like, you know, how we have, you know, middle school, high school, college. I don't know if it works the same like way, uh, but a guy that's played on some, you know, uh, upper echelon leagues in home in his home country. Now here, I uh, play for UNC Wilmington and now coming to 10 goal for the herd. Um, I trust, look, I trust Chris Grassy <laughs> intently with the way he manages his roster. So who the hell am I to tell him? I don't know about this. I just fully trust the national championship head coach. We're going to move on again, but go back to, uh, women's basketball. I did not combine these two things, uh, but women's basketball gets transfers coming in. They got yep. commitments from. Alasia Hayes and Aislin Hayes, sisters. Yep, sisters from uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. One of the Hayes sisters went to Notre Dame and then on to Mississippi State where they had a third sister at Mississippi State play. And then uh, the other Hayes sister went to Middle Tennessee out of high school and then to Mississippi State. So it's a package deal. Both of them, both are guards, uh, very versatile, very athletic guards. Um, I, I want to say uh, both in that five nine range, 
Uh, I'm mistaking either I mistakenly put five six or the Mississippi State roster listed them one of them at five six because that's what I put. I was looking at the roster to see what it was, and I was I was quickly corrected. <laughs> so my response to that was I ain't trying to shortchange anybody. So I'm definitely not. Another but, bad uh, pun. I know. I, well, I mean that's what it was. I was uh, number two on the uh, on the episode. But a pair a, a pair of sisters coming here from SEC caliber schools. Uh, they made the tourney, I think. I saw in the bio, SEC, uh, the Mississippi State did. So we got some players that are coming in. Uh, like I said, uh, Coach Stevens is is on that trail, man, and she's trying to, uh, you know, add some pieces to the roster. We talked about, remember, Russ, how many times last year did we say when the herd gets that third score, they're really yeah. dangerous in a game? And I think you're bringing in two that can compete immediately for spots on that starting five. And then, you know, the pieces that we still have here, Rochelle Scott, Abby Beeman, on down the line. We'll see how that starting five, six, seven, eight, you know, looks that depth-wise. But I like what we're seeing really quickly in a short amount of time out of Kim Stevens and and this uh, recruiting game. Well, this is a much longer discussion for a much different time, but I feel like that it's going to change in the system so much that mm-hmm. – a third scorer is going to be the least we're talking about, maybe a fifth scorer. You know? Right. Right. Uh, when you're when you're scoring an average of ninety-two points a game in that system, I mean, we could have up and down. I mean, especially as as, you know, five out, five in kind of mm-hmm. uh substitution system, we could be looking at five, six, seven scorers. Well, and along with that, how about five, six, seven, eight smothering defenders? Because that's mm-hmm. equally as as important to the system that uh, Coach Stevens wants to run. So this is going to be an interesting, um, interesting recruiting cycle to follow for Coach Stevens. This is going to be pretty cool. If you're not in on herd women's basketball right now, it's a great time to do it because it's literally on the ground floor. Year one of the Coach Stevens era, you can get tickets uh, like super cheap. So uh, I think. Folks, just have just as we have been telling people for over a year now, get behind this softball team, get behind this softball team, and now here we are, and everybody's like, man, this team's great. This is your opportunity to get in on the ground floor with women's basketball and follow the rise of a program that could really be a Sunbelt champion for a number of years. I'm not saying they will be. I'm saying they could be. So you might as well start following now. Yeah. Number 12, track and field. We had talked about uh, his uh... – record last week but uh brett armbruster wins his second sunbelt conference men's track athlete of the week award in a row so that's row, his yep. third on the year second in a row yeah i had i had an opportunity to talk to some of our track and field guys this weekend we were just standing they were you know came over to get something something good to eat right from uh that ridiculously great food that we had this saturday and we were just talking and i'd mentioned that uh, again, like I said on another episode, that I knew Brett from another sport a long time ago. He and my son played Little League together in Barbersville. Mm-hmm. And they joking, they kind of looked at each other and they laughed a little bit. And they were like, he still thinks he's a baseball player. <laughs> I was like, well, that, so do I, right? I still think I am too, but I'm definitely not. But that was a good little moment with uh, some of our track and field fellows. But I was so proud of Brett for, uh, you know, kicking ass in this in this new discipline. Not new, Probably not new to him, but from what I know him from track and field, just tearing it up, man. The, uh, the 800, it's the 800, right? It's all his. 800 meters. Yep. And that's, that's just like the armburster 800 is, uh, what it is around Huntington, I guess, but shout out to him killer for the third time this season, second time in a row, SBC men's track athlete of the week. I love it. 
Wrapping us up, number 13, Autumn Owen breaks that tie she was in for the all-time season RBI record here at Marshall. Put the crown on. The queen is the, the RBI queen is here. All hail the RBI queen, Autumn Owen. Um, so proud of her. So proud of, the, of course, the entire team. But I'm really proud of her for, um, you know, taking this thing down with, ten, well, we're probably close to about 10 games-ish or so to go, eight games. No, but, they've got uh, six games left in the regular season, and uh, then whatever they do in the tournament. And yeah, so beyond. seven guaranteed games yeah. left. But, uh, I'm, I mean, of course, and she broke the record a few games ago. So, right. you know, she she's tacked onto it against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. But, so I, I guess with eight games to go, she, you know, broke that record. Um, but I'm just so proud of her for be- taking this thing down. It wasn't getting down to the last game of the year or we're in the Sunbelt tournament. And she's like, well, she needs one more to break it. It wasn't nothing mm-hmm. like that, man. So what a great year for her. What a great year for a lot of these players on this team. Um, but Autumn, man, all hell, the RBI queen. I was glad I got to witness that. That was so cool. And that is uh, it for this week's 13 things every Herd fan needs to know this week. Always brought to you by IgniteLink. Brought to you by Jed Horton and the IgniteLink team constantly helping us do things that we otherwise would not be able to do. So, Well, let's Russell, talk about that. Right? What a great segue yeah. that was. <laughs> uh, if you are in Huntington this weekend for even a smidgen of the weekend, you got a taste of something that was really, really great. We were around for the entire weekend because we were trying to drive folks downtown to see it and do it all mm-hmm. so that you could go, wow, this is an entire weekend I need to circle on my calendar. And I think I mentioned this in a tweet, Russ. I think this is the blueprint going forward. If yeah. we can make it happen, if the conference is nice enough to allow that to happen. Yeah. If we can pull off spring football game, a home softball series, and tack on a home baseball series next year with a new park open, mm-hmm. wow, this is what the blueprint is. This is how you you know, get folks sucked in to spring, to kick off the spring athletics or the fall, like all that. This is a yeah. great weekend. So let's talk about some of the things that went down. Yeah, let's do Friday first and just take it day by day, uh, maybe compartmentalize. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we started off on Friday uh, going over, amongst other things that we did for some prep stuff, we went over and started watching the softball game. Got over yep. there to see warm-ups and things like that, and then uh, got a great start. We walked out um, uh, right as Riley Lucas uh, hit that home run, put him up as two-run shot, put him up 3 nothing against JMU, and then we had to kind of scurry away. But how great was it for you to get there to the dot? Uh, see a little bit of the uh, the warm ups. You got to see the uh, the yeah. Corey Lion handshake. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Pretty good. I got to see a couple of those this weekend, but yeah, it was a great feeling to be at the dot. You know, I don't. I'm not blessed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I get to watch on ESPN Plus. I, so you you see the the action, but you don't get the energy. You don't get the. There's no substitute for being there. Mm-hmm. And to to see. I mean, literally, we were walking out of the dot because we had somewhere else to be, which we'll talk about in a second. So I was like, man, I'm not going to see much of this game. You know, it was like an inning and a half or an inning or something like that. And and Riley took one out of the yard. And I was like, 
that's the great, that's the best way to uh, take me out of here. You know, we're, mm -hmm. uh, we're up with uh, two to nothing or three to nothing on that first one. And, yeah. And we're off. But hell, by the time we got to where we needed to go and I had a moment to check my phone, that was like the springboard to the scoring. Right. Yeah, we, it was six nothing, <laughs> I think, by the time we got there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we had to scurry across campus. But I will say for that, it was that was the coolest start to the weekend that I could have imagined. I mean, it would have been one thing for a couple of hits here and you manufacture a run there. But it was like she took that one out of the yard just for me because she knew I had to leave. Now, I know that wasn't what it was, but I'm just going to think that. And we got to, uh, before that game, talk to uh, uh, Kurt Hensler, uh, former uh, center fielder here back in the McCann era of baseball, mm -hmm. uh, 91 to 95. And his daughter was uh, the starting uh, catcher, freshman, mm -hmm. and cleanup hitter, uh, Bella Hensler for JMU. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's kind of cool to talk to an athlete and get his take on, you know, coming back and seeing the baseball field being built like steps away where he was at. And uh, it was just really cool, really cool. Yeah, it was. And we started to plant that seed on Friday of what was going to be going on on Sunday to some mm -hmm. of those JMU fans, which, we'll, of course, we'll talk to talk about here in a little bit. But let's talk about, you know, the <laughs> what we had to leave for literally scurrying across campus. Yes. Yeah, so we walked 18 miles, and we <laughs> <laughs> no, we we had to get down to uh, to Corbley Hall. Uh, we've we've told you guys that we have partnered with the Thunder Trust, and uh, because you were going to be in town, they said, "Hey, this is a great time. Let's just knock out a couple of these things." We have lent. I don't want to say our talents, uh, but I mean, kind of. That's what it is. You know, we're uh, on a volunteer basis. We have. Uh, decided to uh, help uh, do a show uh, free content for members of the 1837 NIL Honors Club. And we were honored to be a part of that. But uh, we had three interviews lined up. And yep. uh, Christian Spears was the first one. Uh, Dan D'Antoni, the second one. And then Andy Taylor, the third. So we did back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back interviews uh, down in Corbley Hall at a very cool uh, podcast studio that's been set up. Yeah, it was really, really cool, man. And uh, I'm with you. I feel weird saying lend my talents, right? Right. But, um, it was it was great for me because you know you've you've been in rooms and in meetings before and had conversations with Christian, and I never have. You know, I've mm -hmm. never met him, never been able to shake his hand. So to go from hey, how are you doing? You know, I'm KD to sitting down and having this discussion that we had was was. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to accurately describe that, but Christian is a guy that uh, I like to think that I am in which that you can sit down, meet him for the first time. And within a few minutes, you felt like you've known him for a long, long time because mm -hmm. that conversation just went really, really well. And of course, the only way you're going to hear those shows, see those shows, watch those pod or watch the I don't know if they're I'm assuming they're going to be video, um, but watch those video podcasts is by joining the 1837 NIL Honors Club. So you need to go to thethundertrust.com, click that link, and sign up because that's going to be exclusive content for them. That's not our content. Mm -hmm. We just are volunteering our time to help provide that for them. So if you want to hear that, and I recommend that you do. You need to because, man, the, the bombs that were dropped <laughs> in I these know. interviews, and we're talking insider information. Yeah. And folks, I am not embellishing to try to do a bait and switch. I'm mm -hmm. talking huge news on several fronts 
were dropped, especially by Christian Spears in the first interview that we did. And again, I really wish that we could talk about it on this show. Eventually we will once it becomes released uh, by Marshall. But if you want to hear this info and get it before anybody else and well before anybody else, this is exclusive content for the 1837 NIL yep. Honors Club, Thunder yep. Trust. I'm, I'm you, telling you, I was sitting in that chair like, you know, eyes big and like kind of blown away a little bit. This is, this is, there was something for everybody there. There was something for everybody. And it's so, 1837 a month, $18 and yep. 37 a month. It's less than, uh, less than $250 on the year. I think it comes out to two twenty forty four actually. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to how I know that here in a minute, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's well worth it. You know, we we know quite a few people are trying to clamor for whatever inside info that they can, and they want to, you know, pay. They're willing to pay to do that, but it's not going to get any more inside than something that's exclusive for for only the members. Well, it's not a well. I heard from, or I yeah. heard that it's coming straight from the AD, it, so it doesn't get any more direct source than that. And, and not just the AD, but coaches and everything. Right. You know, when right. Coach Huff is on there, he's going to have stuff only about the football team. Uh, Dan Tony, we we spoke to him. Andy, there was stuff from him. I mean, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. You're not going to see this anywhere else. It's going to be right there. So yeah. I'm going to tell you, the Christian Spears interview was amazing. Danny is, he is like everything I'd ever heard about Dan D'Antoni. I'd never met him before either, but another guy I sat down and I felt like, you know, I'd known him for 25 years and, and, and just some of the things that he was sharing with us and perhaps the most uh, heart, I don't want to even say heartwarming, but it was just awesome, a totally different, awesome feeling. As big of a fan are as you are of Andy Taylor, probably already. After you hear that interview, there is no way you're not just going to absolutely love what this kid is all about. Yeah. I mean, he if you he will take your fandom to another level of him based on uh, what some of the things that we talked about. I'm telling you guys, hit the go to the thundertrust.com, click the link, it's in our description and just join the 1837 NIL Honors Club. Um a, you get that insider stuff that you want, that you really want to hear. But the flip side of that is you are directly impacting our ability to compete and win championships, mm-hmm. retain players, recruit. Everything that is revolving in the world of sports right now, you are going to be directly helping Marshall do that. So it's it's a win-win for everybody involved. And for those of you watching and those of you that are listening, when you do that, this is just me. I didn't even run this by KD, but tell the Thunder Trust, that we sent you tell them that yeah. the guys from the thundercast and that's not for our benefit it's for their benefit so they can see where you're getting the info on where you're going to join if if you heard it from someone else tell them you heard it from someone else and not us it just helps them track you know yeah where 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 they can best get this information out to everybody yeah so that was the second stop in a already ridiculously whirlwind busy friday but uh, those... so we ran we ran a 5k <laughs> down from uh, Corbley down to uh, down to the west lot, yeah. And uh, we talked to our guys uh, very very briefly about their setup and everything before we had to go in and uh, do uh, the main event, I guess you would say, of the night, Friday. yeah, yeah. The, the herd country cornhole classic, which you know, this is year one for that event, and 
you know, we, we, we had spoken to some, some friends that were kind of in, in the organization and execution of that event. And for whatever reason, they felt like it, it was kind of ho-hum, but from my standpoint, I thought it was great. Not only just because it was the first year of it, but regardless, it was a great event, man. There were legends everywhere. Everybody was having a good time, but you know, they asked us, Hey, would you guys be interested in you know, setting up and, and live streaming. And we ended up live streaming for three hours mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't seem necessarily like three hours because of the attitude and the vibe around the Joan. Yeah. But uh, give some, di- I'm going to miss a lot of stuff. So you talk okay. about the, the makeup of the event, kind of what it looked like before we get into what we were doing. All right. First to clarify on what KD is saying here, um, they didn't think that the event was bad. Anyone that cares when they put on an event, they expect perfection or better right. than perfection. Right. And they were worried that they did not hit on all cylinders from everyone I spoke to. They think that it hit on all cylinders by too. all aspects. So this was a home run by everyone involved. They put on an amazing show, uh, all the people that were there had a blast. Trust mm-hmm. me, if you watch the video, you can see and hear people in the background having a great time as they <laughs> came up and talked to us. Uh, the former athletes that were there, every single one of this, uh, of them told us on camera and off how much fun they had, the hospitality they received. They felt included. They were reaching out to other people uh, mm-hmm. and saying, hey, this is going to be something you got to be, be at. If you did not go, you are going to want to be there for year two of this because I guarantee it will be bigger and better. The first one's where you find out where all your hiccups are. That's right. You know, and even, I mean, (laughs) the only reason that that the people putting this on thought that there were hiccups is because they had planned it down to the detail and things out of their control prevented them from being able to do that. You know, yeah. I, practice ran long on, on football. It was unexpected. So it just pushed the timeline off and, you know, kind of throws some chaos into it. But I'm telling you, man, we, we saw all time herd greats. Of course, Chad Pennington helped put the event on. So that's mm-hmm. who I'm going to mention first. Uh, we saw a bunch of guys from the nineties, uh, the, the that 95 to 2000 range and then uh darius watts came here in 2000 so a little bit a uh, little bit beyond 2000 but um i really wish if i had one regret i wish we could have gotten Gerardi mercer <laughs> on the show I knew you were gonna say that that's if an you... inside joke uh if you <laughs> if you watched or if you have heard from someone else Gerardi Mercer spent about 55 minutes on the show with us and uh, he took over the show in a great way. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, KD has asked me to stop uh, doing this show and just have Gerardi on full time. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm fine with that. He's much better than me. <laughs> Man, he sat down and leaned back in that chair, grabbed the mic and it was just on. Right. Yeah. So what a great guy to have sitting there and, and, telling some stories. Look, I'm going to take that stream. I've downloaded it already and I'm going to start to chop it up into smaller, you know, interviews and, and, and things. So cause folks don't want to watch three hours of a stream and search and look for whatever. So I'll do the legwork and and we'll put some of those, you know, interviews up there. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Darius Watts, you mentioned, uh, Gerardi Mercer and, um, Chad, I mean, 
Derricott was there funneling people to the table to, you know, get them to sit down. And then in the middle of our conversations, he would hear somebody say something like, like Darius Watts's line was like, I became a starter because, you know, of what I did to Danny in practice. Yeah. And that, that you know how it is. If yeah. I'm taking shots at you, you're going to give it right back. It's just buddies, you know, being buddies. So all that um, content, you know, just caught in, in real time as it was happening was so good. This is a do not miss event. Yeah. I mean, for the fact that you were able to get in there for five bucks yeah. and sit and watch this and 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 not to not to mention they had the legends meet and greet right before that. Yep. Um, which was only supposed to be an hour, but I see this as a benefit because practice went long. That event went long. Yeah. So that allowed some of those fans to get more than Yeah, the, it was an hour and a half to two hours that they got to go um on uh on there. Um <laughs> It just everything about this event. It it was so, it was so good that uh, you know hour and a half, two hours with these legends because that that practice went long, and then you've also got um, the fans. We didn't talk. You know, it's five bucks just to go in to watch, but other people had these herd legends on their team. Yeah, so, yeah. So they paid to get an entrant in into this and. Uh, um, I you just could not see to explain. I can't explain what you didn't get to see about how happy these fans were to interact with these herd stars. And man, every single player that was there made it memorable for these fans. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, let me shake a hand and don't bother with me. They were cutting up with everybody. They were hugging people. They were telling stories. Yep. This is a must-see event, must-attend. I think this went a long way into driving home the fact that it's kind of a little bit of a new day in at, for herd football. Like, those guys, they want them back. It's not like, yeah, yeah we'd yeah. like to have you back. No, 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 no. It's like a concerted, consorted effort. We want mm. our former players back. We want our alumni back. It's not just players, you know? Right. We have you, guys. We have guys that friends of ours that were down tailgating with us, and and uh, that were you know on the support staff back then, mm -hmm. and they were trying to tell them, dude, come back home. We want mm -hmm. you here. You know, yeah. so it's it's just a little bit of a a new day, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're that alum, uh, even if you're just an alum that didn't play, you're, I'm just an alum, right? Well, they want you back. If you've been um, spurned a little bit in the past. Give them a chance to prove prove that it's different now, right? Mm -hmm. and, but players in particular, if, you, if you're a yeah. football player that is listening to our show, you found the Thundercast, hear me. They want you back. They want you to be around the program again because they're, they see the value and the importance that you bring to you know the history of this program, and they want you to celebrate. It's your program, right? You, you played here. It's yours. So be and a the, part of it again. A large part of these people uh, were from a certain era, you know, Chad's era, because this event got put together in just under two weeks. Right. And because of that, you know, you've got logistics on getting some people to come in and things like that. Well, next year, now they've got 350 some days from right now to plan for next year. And I guarantee you that the people that were there are going to be telling a buddy, we've been to events. You and I have yep. put on an event that was an inaugural event and how many people from year one telling people that showed up in year two, 
hey, you did not want to miss what went on, and that got more people there. So yeah. we're telling the fans if you went there, tell your friends. If you didn't go there, watch that video come next year, and all the players, of course, are going to tell each other. But yep. that it- almost wrapped up our Friday. <laughs> almost. <laughs> no, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so uh, the rain starts coming down, and everybody kind of packs up because the event was basically over at that point anyway. People were just kind of hanging out and everything. But the rain starts coming down a little bit. We packed up all the equipment, got everything out of there, and uh, we head out to the parking lot where the rain really came down. Mm-hmm. And we were stuck out there for about an hour under this rain and, and everything. We got a break, and we were, we were over by where our tailgate was going to be the next day, and the smoker, and I got some videos and put them out on, on Twitter and stuff. And then we get a break, and we leave, and at 3.50 in the morning, I get a message. All of our stuff's gone, and I just thought like it had been stolen. Right. No. Yeah. 65 mile an hour wind whipping through the West lot, uh, ripping, uh, uh, Kyle said he thought he was flying away like Mary Poppins or a drone that had been going over, yeah. uh, the stadium earlier, uh, trying to hold down a tent, but I mean, it just mangled tent frames. It took this heavy, probably one of the heaviest flagpoles I've ever seen in a tailgating situation, ripped it from underneath the tire and uh, hit a couple of people, you know, hit Chris in the head and Kyle in the head. um, It was just devastating weather and set the smokers back, you know, hour and a half, two hours, you know, Mm -hmm. because I had to get back up the temperature and all that. But that was just a precursor for what we were going to do on Saturday. Well, that's true, but I want, I don't want to gloss over that because that was a big deal, right? Because those guys have a lot of equipment and uh, nice stuff that, and the tailgate, setup was going to be really nice for Saturday. The vast majority of our area was going to be covered and shaded, you know, from any type of sun and or weather that may have popped up on Saturday. And those guys lost four tents I know of, four. So I don't know what we've got to do, but we've got to figure out something. They were so gracious to come down and cook for us and and spend all that time. And yeah, they had a great time. I'm not trying to pretend Mm -hmm. like they didn't, but you don't want to commit to doing something like that, driving all your gear hundreds of miles down to where you're going to be, you know, cooking for endless hours Mm -hmm. and then have hundreds of dollars worth of your equipment uh, just mangled over a freak windstorm. So I don't know what we're going to have to do uh, folks that are listening. If you've got some ideas or what we can do to, to, you know, kind of bring Kyle and Chris's equipment, back up to where it was if not a little better then we want to do that because we're we, those are our friends yes but they they were doing us a favor yeah you know, they they wanted to do us a favor and take part in the weekend and and they ultimately came out on the losing end on that and that's that's just really crappy and this this will not be the only time this year that you see them do this either the first uh tailgate of the year we're going to be doing it again so yeah. home opener yeah yeah so if you enjoyed that, if you enjoyed, you know, got your belly full based on what they did, um, just know that experience could have been even better. You could have been eating in the shade. Yeah. <laughs> but they they lost uh, quite a bit of equipment, and we'd like to try to get that back to them in, in even better and maybe uh, sooner rather than later. But I'm not sure what we're going to do, what we can do, but we'll figure something out. I'm, I just wanted to say on – the show that I am extremely thankful for those guys, all of them, the entire crew, 
coming down there and yeah. cooking, having a good time, um, talking to people endlessly about how they do what they do and their processes, you know, because that's what, man, this is so good. How do you guys do it? What's your secret? And they would just continually talk about yeah. you know, what they do. Mm-hmm. So let's get to Saturday. Saturday, we get up real bright and early and, uh, um, we had, uh, let's just run by what we had. Now, let's go beer first. They had, <laughs> they had three pony kegs. Yeah. Had. Gone. Gone. Had. <laughs> I stopped and bought three 30 racks of Miller Lite. Gone. Yeah, we left with four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other, not four racks, four no. individual cans. Beers. Yeah. No no one donated an additional 30 rack. <laughs> we, we went through 86 beers on top of the three... Uh, three ponies um that goes above and beyond what other people came and contributed yep to to dropping off and saying hey i brought some beer they had um bloody mary's gone early mm-hmm. uh i remember handing out the the final one uh to someone that uh that really likes bloody mary's uh didn't you know doesn't care for beer that sort of thing and it was early in the morning it's like i heard you had bloody mary's yeah here you go last one and that was before any of the tailgating started yep so um food i'm guessing over 150 pounds I, I shortchanged us. I didn't think it was that much. I I was I shortchanged us to the tune of almost half of that. But yeah, I, so I bet 30, you're right. Thirty three pounds of pork belly burn ins gone, gone. Uh, we uh, had twelve racks of ribs. Like I think ten, two, at least ten, two, were gone. Two racks made it till Sunday for the mm-hmm. for the other thing. Uh, we went through all of the. Uh, jalapeno uh i'm gonna say it he calls them atomic buffalo turds and they are amazing they are amazing i just uh, it's it's hard to say man those turds were really good to eat (laughs) cow come up with another name but anyway amazing they were uh uh stuffed with uh cream cheese smoked sausage wrapped in bacon dusted with everything and smoked Mm. so they were great um Huge pan of mac and cheese, huge pan of baked beans, both gone. Um, what we have 15, I think, yard birds. I don't know. I know we, I know we had nine Boston butts. I just uh, ate, I don't know how much was there. Yeah, four of the butts or five of the butts were gone that day. Uh, almost all the chicken gone that day. Um, yeah, I mean, just we obliterated some food, man. Yeah. And not not just us, but every all of our guests everyone. coming by. Yeah. Everyone. So great, great tailgate. We got to go in and we got to see uh we're not going to give a play by play or anything. No. But but who stood out? Like who who got on your radar? Let's go there. Well, so uh I thought Cade Cunningham looked good. And I hate to say that now he's uh he's hit the portal and you know, he was one of those guys. He was not on scholarship, so I understand why, you know, and uh I I cannot say enough good things about him and I hope it works out wherever he goes. Yeah. Uh, but those people that will be staying, Brian Robinson was on the uh, receiving end of one of those throws on a slant and it just showed what he has much like last year's spring game nearly took it to the house. Uh, I can't remember the yardage on it, but he caught I a slant. I want to say 62. That's what I want to say. 62. No, I was, I was going to say 74. So let's split the difference and say it was in the sixties. Okay. And, uh, you know, hit it on a slant and just outran everybody, but kind of someone had the angle on him and he had to go out of bounds, get tackled. But 
Um, the running backs, man, just every single one of them that touched the ball just looked great. You know, AJ Turner looked great. Uh, Maurice Jones, he looked great. Um, Payne was in a uh, in a boot over yep. there. He he didn't didn't go out, which I saw that on practice on Friday as well. Uh, great to see Talik Keaton back. Looking pretty uh, good for, for where he's at right now. Yeah, Looking pretty good. Ahead of schedule, I would say, you know, based on the usual timeline on that. On Friday, we got to see him take off the brace a little bit just to, you know, he wasn't doing hard, hard cuts, but just being comfortable enough to do any kind of on-the-sideline activity with yeah. the brace off looked really, really good. Um, man, uh Elijah Russell looked really good. Yeah, he really got on the radar for me. I was I was high on him when he hit the class last year. Six foot seven guy out of Ocala, mm-hmm. really felt like we were fortunate enough to steal him. I don't want to say that, but I want to say that because sure. you would think a guy like that in the area that we're from just garners all kinds of looks. Mm-hmm. So to have that kind of size and build and come in and and now. Here it is, right? A year in a strength program, and now you're going to hit the line to be potentially yeah. a contributor. Really excited, out. really excited about Elijah Russell. I think yeah, a lot he, of herd fans are going to know that name by the middle of the season. He was tall and skinny, uh, Coach. Uh, when he was on the show last, uh, Coach Huff said uh, that he was kind of like a bean pole when he got mm-hmm. here and everything. Uh, he put on some weight last year, you know, uh, but over the summer and that sort of thing. But man, he's, he's filling out and everything. And uh, he's one to watch for me on the defense. Yeah. Uh, but really, man, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a 12 minute running clock in uh, four quarters of that. And uh, I just, uh, I was impressed by running backs mainly, but wide receivers look good. Uh, Cole Pennington looked pretty good. Now he had that one one play where he threw it. Uh, just seems like he did not see that guy there, and it was a, a kind of a timing play. But uh, he made some good throws. Yeah, there's there's definitely room for improvement here across the board. Um, but the herd's going to be pretty good. They're going to be pretty good. And if they can, if if <clears throat> if Huff is setting on a couple of pieces, like because you know how it is, mm-hmm. he said it. Like if we announce people. You know, transfers can commit to you, but until they are enrolled and on campus, they can leave. You know, this is yeah. not like high school where it's you sign a letter of intent. So and it's binding. As, as soon as we announce somebody, if somebody else wants them, they just try to come after them. So his philosophy to a certain degree on certain uh, some guys is to not announce it, not get it out there. Mm-hmm. And then when they're enrolled, you know, for like summer classes or whatever, they're ours. So it would not surprise me to see some late additions added to the class, particularly mm-hmm. from maybe uh, the wide receiver position, you know, one yep. or two guys. You know, we lost a lot. And when you look at it, you're like, okay, there's a lot returning. But, you know, you lose Corey Gamage, you lose Horton, you lose Shadita Med. Uh, Talik is still trying to get back to 100%. So you can start to see where, all right, maybe an instant impact wide receiver would be very beneficial. You can Mm -hmm. never have enough offensive linemen and defensive linemen, right? So I'm not saying we need them, but would it surprise me to see another one land here? No. It would surprise me if we don't get uh, another offensive lineman uh, in, you know, before the fall, you know, that that we pick up one more, uh, just because you always want to have that depth. I just don't feel like there's going to be a quarterback. I don't feel nope. like that's a thing. Like if I'm a quarterback, if I am a quarterback in the portal and I'm looking at situations, 
And I look at Marshall and I go, well, they've got a seemingly incumbent quarterback that went six and one, right? He's got and, a lot of time ahead of him. Right. Who's got, uh, who's proven that he can win. He's six and one as a starter, won a bowl game, right? And uh, they were one bad quarter away from playing in a conference championship game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got right behind him a, a kid with the last name of Pennington. I mean, that's going to be hard to, you, you're going to come in and just push him down the depth chart. So, I, I, we don't know if Cole's going to be number two. Who, who knows? Right. But I'm just saying, these are all things that if I'm a quarterback, I'm looking at going, Ooh, I don't know. So uh, I think I I would think we're looking at weapons to augment what our quarter been, quarterbacks can do. We're really yeah. strong at wide receiver. We're pretty good at tight end. I think we're going to see a definite uptick there in numbers. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see another – wide receiver or two, or definitely some offensive or defensive linemen. I think we're pretty good in the secondary right now with some pieces that were added and, and portal moves already. Linebacker looks pretty good. I, that that could be a place where you might see a guy that, you know, is a real stud that just hasn't found an opportunity, and now it's getting down to the nitty-gritty of the season, and they're like, well, you can come here. So there, there's, there's several people. I mean, you know, I'm not suggesting we're going to uh, raid Colorado transfers, but there are yeah. a lot of programs – that somebody doesn't like where they're shaking out on a depth chart or whatever it may be. You know, you're seeing some grad transfers. Yeah. Uh, we had one of ours just leave. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tristan Bittner, I believe yeah. was a grad transfer. So, you know, you'll see some of these people hit this portal and uh, we've got a couple of days and everything, but I think that, you know, we'll probably bring a couple, I'd say next week we may be talking about some people or they'll come in, like you said, under the radar and then, after they're enrolled in summer classes, then we'll actually get the dirt and be able to talk. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if when we were doing position group breakdowns, we would do a position group only to have an addition come to a group that we've already talked about. That won't sure. surprise me. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to be a little bit strategic uh, on our breakdowns by some of the groups that we think might have a piece added to do them later. But, you know, that's that's all here nor there. But all, other, all the way around Saturday, outside of our fellas almost taking flight from yeah. a windstorm, was a massive success. We had so many people come by and talk. And I spent the whole day, you know, talking to fans of the show, folks that tell me they listen. And that's that's really great because that's what we want. If we're if we're helping you guys have a great time and and in increasing your experience with martial athletics, that's exactly what we want to do, because for us, it's about one thing. It's about getting an ass in every seat of every stadium and and um, you know court field whatever wherever we have seats we want to we want to marshal fans butt in that seat so if we can fill the place out that's what we want to do that is our goal and then quickly to wrap up Saturday this would not have been possible to have this food and everything without four new sponsors that yep. stepped up and we'll hit them real quick uh, you had new again detailing Rusty Sarton could not be there but again they are local. All these are local, by the way, but uh, local car detailing that specializes in um, uh, ceramic coating. And uh, if you need your car detailed from the smallest package that he has to if you want to get a 10 year ceramic coating that is Carfax certified, he can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Level Entertainment professional DJ. He just stepped up and said, hey, I'm I'm joining the big green and anyone that uh uh, is a big green member can get a 10% discount from my services for any of his events that he does. So he's not only joining the big green to help his alma mater, 
Uh, he is also making it a value for you to join the big green along with all the other people that participate in the herd discount or herd perks discount program. Yeah. Um, we have uh, McCorvick insurance group, uh, property, casualty, life, renters, business and commercial, whatever kind of insurance he does. It. He's a massive herd fan as well. Matt McCormick uh, down in Cerrito. Uh, you do not have to even live in West Virginia. He has, I, I know one other state, uh, but I cannot I think it's remember. Ohio. I think it's Ohio as well. And he's going to get Kentucky, but he doesn't have Kentucky just yet. But uh, if you're here in the tri-state area, it does not hurt you to reach out to him. And then uh, we have uh, finally A1 Roofing, Paul Chaney. And uh, not only putting on new roofs, but he does uh, a lot of other stuff, including minor repairs on roofs. But soffits, gutters, siding, all that stuff. Again, another herd fan. Herd fans like to do business with herd fans. And herd fans like to see other businesses and herd fans stepping up to support the things. If you came and ate over there or you couldn't be there, but you liked the idea of us being able to provide food for anyone that wanted to come up, you should thank these four businesses and do so with your business. Yep. And of course, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but of course we cannot go live and do what we did on Friday and do what we did on Saturday without Ignite Link and Jed Horton. Yeah. He he's the we joke about it all the time. We call him the production <laughs> truck. We call him the <laughs> IT department, but he puts all this on and makes it possible. And we say, Hey Jed, we'd like to do this. And he's like, sure, let's do it. Yeah, no problem. Like we he sets us up, we get to sit down and act like fools for three hours. But yeah. also Jed sets it all up, sets down, grab a mic, and is also taking part in the stream while also producing and um you know creating like making it possible to go live yeah it, it, it's just we have we are blessed with some great partners some great sponsors yeah. and i think uh herd fans are ultimately the winners in that because they get the you know all this stuff that we're able to do uh, to improve the the uh, fan experience but um again we're trying to build that little network of of folks that everybody needs to get a roof from time to time you have you know you need work like that done everybody needs their car detailed from time to time you need insurance so you might as well call matt mccormick and just even if you're happy with your insurance company call him and see if they can beat your rates and get you the same coverage it's just money you're saving that you can then in turn give to the big green or join the 1837 nil honors club right this is all money you're freeing up just for making a phone call and then uh if you've got an event a wedding or you know prom or or something like that you can call reese at level entertainment and you know even get a big green discount if you're a member of the big green too man we're just trying really hard to to build it build this network of of businesses to uh check all the boxes that you might need checked to make it really easy so we can't thank those guys enough for uh being a sponsor of the show uh that event the the tailgates this weekend and uh, I think they had they were all there except for like you said, Rusty. And I think they were yeah. having a great time. I think yeah. they saw instant value in what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can help us show them love by calling them, contacting them the next time you have a need for the services in which they offer. Yeah, and you know, hate to speed it up, but we got to go over to talk about Sunday and everything. Well, you have to, and then then after that, we're going to take you around the herd. But uh, we we got to cut the show a little short today with time and schedules. But 
we've got uh, Sunday, we've got a massive tailgate yet again. Yep. Being able to go over there, you said it earlier, over a thousand fans. We had, uh, I'm sorry, that was Virginia Tech, but uh, over over 600 fans, I would say, were out there on Sunday, uh, just packed out in the outfield, packed in the in the grandstand, and we got to provide softball fans with mm-hmm. that same little glimpse of the food minus some of the stuff we ran out of but uh, <laughs> well. i you and i made two more uh uh major trays of mac and cheese two more trays of baked beans uh they had uh, all the pork butts uh we had um uh, uh, i don't know some smoked chicken you know had all kinds of good stuff over there so I just was glancing at the attendance while you were talking there. 626. So we were almost double capacity of what the dot says it is, according to the, you know, the page on Herd Zone. Sure. And it was a great time. We set up there in the outfield. Folks were, you could tell they were really appreciative and really enjoyed what we had set up there. Uh, we rubbed shoulders with a lot of our players' parents and got to know them on a personal level and um, spent some good quality time. You know, I spent a lot of my time, um, you know, introducing myself or somebody would say, you know, are you KD? And I say, yeah, yes, I am. And, you know, I would point to you, you were a little bundled up in a jacket and everything. And I just had a hoodie, a branded hoodie on. It was a little chilly. I was not digging that by the way, but yeah. I proved to myself that finally, after almost six years, a lot of the West Virginia, you know, warm blood that I had has now turned thin into this Florida sunshine that I'm so accustomed to. But, you know, what we did, we talked to, to a lot of our parents, uh, players, parents out and had a great time, man. Folks really enjoyed it. Yeah. One of the coolest things that I heard was that JMU fans were coming up to our parent fans, you know, <clears throat> saying, man, you guys really do it right around here. When you guys come to Harrisonburg next year, we're going to have to return the favor. Yeah. And I thought that is awesome because now we have made – um, a, a, an away trip for our parents, potentially even better now that yeah. they're going to, they're going to have to be exposed to some hospitality because we had done this for some, uh, visiting fans. So that's even a cooler thing that I didn't think about. Um, I'll tell you another thing. I got to meet John Lee Pettimore. I'd only heard about him from Steve Earl, but well, you, you stole my line, but yeah, me too. Uh, All that... right. You, you do it better than me. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll pretend I didn't, maybe we'll even edit it out. No, you go ahead. I was going to say that. I said I was spent my afternoon in, introducing myself to people. And one fellow in particular just looked at me and he said, well, my name's John Lee Pettimore, same as my daddy and his daddy before. And I thought, well, hell, <laughs> I'm the third too. That's pretty cool. You know? So we, we chopped it up for a little bit there in the outfield, kicked back in some of your killer zero gravity herd chairs which are freaking amazing yeah. and uh, we just told some stories and 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 shared some some laughs for a little bit and yeah. after after the game uh some of our girls came out there and and got their bellies full and and um we just had a little bit of a little bit of quality time with them and their parents just having a good time yep. so all around the weekend was great i don't want to yeah. shortchange it we we went two and one won the series against james madison um, and then come back on Tuesday and get the big top 25 win. But, man, let's take it around the herd. I know time's getting thin. Yeah, let's take it around the herd. We're going to start with tennis, and this is a great kind of end of the season and start of the tournament so far. But uh, they swept uh, Western Kentucky last Sunday, April the 16th, uh, four to nothing, and didn't play the rest of that uh, those sets because they had already won. Dropped a close one, four to three, in the regular season finale to James Madison. 
and that was on Saturday of this uh, epic weekend that we were uh, involved in. They were down in uh, Harrisonburg for that. Mm-hmm. And then opening round of the SBC tournament, they uh, swept ULM four to nothing. So the this is we're recording very 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 early on Thursday, and the news has come out that all the day's events are going to be pushed one day because of weather over to Friday. So uh, whenever you're listening to this Friday at 2 PM against coastal will be our next uh, uh, game that we play in this tournament. Yeah. I need to get by coastal in the quarters to get down to the semis. So uh, coastal's tough. They're pretty tough, but Hey, yeah. so are we. Yeah. All right, men's golf. They finished 10 out of 13 in the Mountain Invitational last week. Uh, They struggled in the final round, and that dropped them four spots uh, in the standings. Tyler Jones led the herd, but he uh, finished tied for 21st. They also did not fare well in the uh, SBC tournament. They finished 13 of 14 teams on uh, 45 over par. Georgia Southern won at three under par to kind of give you an idea of, of the pecking order here on uh, where everyone fell and uh, last place was Georgia Southern at 48 over par. Wait, so we had to be, had to be Georgia state. You said Georgia Southern won, right? Yeah, I didn't, I don't have who it was that finished last. I just said the wrong team, uh, okay. but the last place team was 48 over okay. Georgia state was at uh, three under. We were at 45 over the last place team was 48 over. So, gotcha. We did not finish um, anywhere near kind of where we expected uh, and how we had played year, all year round. All five of the herd golfers finished very similar. Uh, they were within a couple of strokes of each other, so no one really stood out on uh, who was uh, leading the pack. Well, bummer, bummer into the men's golf season, but hey, um, maybe next year will be the marked improvement year for men's golf. We'll see how that goes. Sure. Women's golf, to keep it on the links, uh, we finished 11 out of 14 in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament at 73 over par. ULM took the championship at 16 over par, and then they had tied at 16 over, and they had a playoff thrilling victory for them to uh, to win that. For the herd, Emily McClatchy finished tied for 21st at 9 over to lead the herd. That's a good individual showing, I would like to think. Yeah, because... Uh, the field, I mean, there wasn't too many people under par, you know, in, in the entire field. So, yeah. uh, track and field to go along with those records that we talked about earlier. One of those that, uh, steeplechase finish was, uh, good enough for first place. And also in first place, Tyra Thomas took first in the hundred meter hurdles with a time of 13.54 seconds. So we picked up two first place finishes and had those three, uh, records broken. Pretty good time there in Columbus. I'll say so. That's a pretty successful uh, track meet. And now we gear up for the outdoor championships coming up probably, God, got to be really soon. I think that they're mid-May. Well, um, I mean, that, they might. Two, week, two weeks away. I wonder if they, they probably don't squeeze in another competitive meet before that. I wouldn't think, right? Because it's like finals week and stuff like yeah, that. I, so. I think this was it until that. I do not have that schedule up in front yeah. of me. But, of course, we're going to have it on Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, baseball. We uh, recorded before they had played on uh, Sunday, uh, April the 16th. And they 
lost a squeaker to Texas State five to four on that day. Had an interesting uh, go out to Eastern Kentucky and then Eastern Kentucky come here Tuesday, Wednesday series. We won in 13 innings, back and forth, uh, come from behind win. We won 13 to 11 in uh, that game at Richmond uh, for EKU. And then we dropped the return game when Eastern Kentucky came here, lost 9 to 2 here up on Route 2. Uh, hosted Georgia Southern this past weekend, dropped the first two games 16 to 4 and 6 to 1 before getting the final game of the series 8 to 1. Uh, so good way to end that weekend, that epic weekend. We yep. had a, you know, kind of routed the, uh, opposing team. So we had a good, uh, Saturday, Sunday on the diamond for the girls and the boys. Uh, let's see. They have a three game series at Georgia state this weekend. And, uh, then they are hosting Virginia tech on Tuesday and Wednesday in Charleston. Man. So. It was really nice that they were able to get one there from Georgia Southern to preserve, you know, well, preserve, preserve, to not get swept, but to also, you know, get them a win for that, the big spring game weekend, which is just what I'm going to call it because that's what it was all around. But it was alumni day or alumni weekend for both herd football or I'm sorry, herd softball and baseball. So it's really nice for them to be able to, you know, get one in the left-hand column for that weekend. And uh, I want to say we're getting ready to talk about softball, I know. But mm-hmm. uh, I saw some images from that game against Virginia Tech the other day, and the you know the the dot was full of our baseball guys, and I think yeah. some of our golf guys, and you know they turned out, man, they were loud, and I bet you they made a big difference in the energy level. They sure did, and it was a concerted effort to get them into those places uh, because you know in and out you had to do from fire marshal code. If one person leaves, that's the only way somebody can get in once it hit that capacity. So uh, they were able to get there in time and get those uh, uh, locations. So were the players' parents. Marshall did a really good job of making sure that the players' parents got there for this because they saw what had happened at Bama and they also, you know, could control it a lot easier than two and two and a half times the fans more yeah more than two and a half times the fans they were just able to control it a lot better and and learn from the other thing but yeah here's softball they lost to bama three to one on tuesday through five innings they were uh and i'm going to let you talk more about this but uh they were one hit no runs through five innings was bama uh we faced a lefty and that just we got a lot of lefties in our lineup that person was dialed in and we never gave up, and we ended up losing three to one to a. I think that morning they had moved up to thirteenth in the in the rankings. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a tough game. It was, of course, it was an uphill battle, right? It's a top fifteen team, and you you throw in the wild card of facing a left hander, and uh, she was cruising. You know, Sid was cruising. I mean, it was a pitcher's duel for five innings, and yeah. then they basically just strung together like three or four hits or something like they that. They got three hits to lead off the sixth inning. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, a, a double down the line, then a home run, and then got another uh, single. And, you know, then you had an error uh, at first. And it just – it the wheels came off a little bit. Yeah. Against a 13th ranked Alabama team from the SEC. That's right. The, you're saying the wheels came off in the sixth inning and all they scored was three, you know? Uh, yeah. And we we came back and we still had an opportunity at the end. Um, 
Well, I don't even think the wheels came off, right? A top 13 team did what a top 13 team does, and they strung together a few hits and, made, and managed to get some uh, some runs on the board. But, it, you know, Sid was cruising. She was really cruising, and I felt really good for her. She she had to feel good in that effort. And, you know, it, it's a bummer that we weren't able to get our bats going. You know, the Alabama uh, pulls their starter and puts in Montana Fouts to close out the game. Just, you know, so she can pitch against Marshall uh, in the home, you know, the home area there in front of that big contingency of fans that she had. And that's where we get our run. And I think that's pretty cool, man, you know, because uh, it was it was like effort plays that got yeah. us there, like the slide into first base, the you know, that that kept the game alive. And then, you know, we we come around and get us a run on the board and you start to think, man awesome few more hits and we might be able to do this it was just too little too late and that's unfortunate but they proved this herd softball team proved that it doesn't matter if the ncaa softball accounts don't want to recognize them for what they do this yeah. is a good team and yeah. they proved it by going two and one against the series uh, in james madison at home and then turning right around on tuesday and beating a top 25 number 24 at the time virginia tech this team is a tournament team and they deserve it if they go they don't have to win the sun belt in my opinion to be a tournament at large team now they might have to win one in at least one in the sun belt tournament to do that but there's some things that we're on the cusp of here that we that we can talk about if you want to go into James Madison real quick. Yeah, uh, but first about what I'm saying about when I say the wheels came off, I was trying to set up. Usually when you talk about the wheels come off, you're talking about like a cloud burst of like eight or nine runs right. after they've been. But they had been held to one hit through five innings, and they only on three hits and an error – uh, and really the only mistake you're talking about is the home run. They might've mm -hmm. gotten out of that inning with only getting, you know, if that, if they miss it just by a bit and that becomes an out, you know, in right. the outfield, you're talking about maybe they score one and then right. we have an opportunity to tie it, you know? So saying the wheels came off, I'm trying to use that kind of in a, a weird way, the non-usual way to say the wheels came off of a near, you know, shutout victory, <laughs> Against a 13th ranked, you know, Bama squad that you expect yeah. would just come in and dust people. So, yeah, let's go over to Virginia Tech. We uh, we talked about briefly that they uh, we got to see part of that game on Friday. They ended up uh, cruising to a 10 to 2 victory, uh, broke out the bats in a really good way. The next game lost a heartbreaker 7 to 6. Um, that was while we were over tailgating and, and going, getting ready to go into the, uh, the game. Uh, we did not get to go over and watch the ending of that game. You got to go over and watch the start of it before we, uh, had to record, uh, Sunday we were there. They strung together six runs in a massive sixth inning to put us up, uh, and keep the lead. We won eight to four in a, a nice comeback victory. and. Uh, that was a good JMU squad that we had circled on the calendar before the season even started. They have a good program year in, year out, and we took two. And then Virginia Tech, man, I got to go to that game. <laughs> Autumn Owen crushed a ball. Got to tell you real quick, I was getting ready to move because I was out in the outfield. You know, got mm -hmm. there real late because of work. And – uh was going to move to my right just to be able to see a little bit because the fence had opened up to where there's no fans in front of. 
as I got ready to move, this lady came up with her chair and I thought, well, I'm not going to get up and get that spot before she gets it. She sits down probably eight feet from me, just at an angle. So bottom of the first inning, autumn crushes one and it goes to right where that lady's chair is <laughs> nearly hit the chair. She stood up to get out of the way. Cause she was a little afraid that it was going to hit her. And, uh, I just had my hand out just in case, you know, the wind or whatever, but, uh, I probably could have caught a an automobile home run ball that inevitably won the game for uh, for us against Virginia Tech, but I'm not better. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I got to back up one uh, a couple of days here and talk about Saturday. It was the Emily Cooper okay. day. It was Emily, oh yeah yeah yeah. It was Emily Cooper day for softball, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Right. And if you don't know the story, go learn about the story. But what I wanted to touch on was like, I went over for the start of that game because it was Emily Cooper day. And I wanted to see who was going to be the recipient of the Emily Cooper warrior award. And it was none other than our center fielder, super senior Grace Chelman. And she was all smiles, man. Cause you know, we, we, you and I are part of uh, other organizations and there are some awards that are handed out that just uh, are something a little bit special. It's not something that you can quantify like, you know, highest batting average, for example. That's just something that, all right, well, I have the highest batting average, so I get the award. So it's awards like that, the Emily Cooper Warrior Award, that means something so special uh, to a player. And I was so happy for Grace, and then I I had the opportunity to meet her parents this weekend. And I know this was just a really special weekend for them. Um, and for Grace, so I wanted to not forget to mention that in this uh, in this episode because I'm really happy for her. She's such a deserving player, and uh, you know, just beside the fact she's having a really great year, just um, you know, think back to when we interviewed her for the softball series and what her final message was to everybody. That gives you a little bit of insight into yeah. uh, the type of person that uh, Grace Chelman is. Um, our softball team is uh, better because she's a part of it, and um, it's going to be hard to replace somebody like Grace, not just from an athletic standpoint, but from a character and leadership standpoint as she you know, exhausts eligibility and moves on into the next chapter of her life. But uh, I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for um, Anthony and, and Helen, uh, the Chelemans, the Chelemen for uh, having uh, <clears throat> an, a, a really, really – memorable weekend so i just wanted to put that out there but if you got anything else well we didn't even talk about virginia tech let's talk about virginia tech real quick uh yeah. two to one two to one in front of a thousand and sixty four fans sid nester goes complete game in that one six hits one earned and four k's so think about sid's week she plays against two top 25 teams in a span of a week pitches four times well starts four games right tuesday friday sunday tuesday and goes um four and oh from what I can gather, you know, from what I can recall. So, or I'm sorry, three and one, cause she loses to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grace Chelman in that one, two of three with a double and Ottomo. And you mentioned it one of three with the big two run home run. Also, you mentioned this first win over a top 25 squad for the herd since 2008 at the first ever at Dot Hicks field. The herd now sits at 39 and seven um, with a top 25 win on the resume. A big series with Texas state looms at home at the dot. Uh, we talked earlier in the show about some big things that are still on the horizon here. I haven't talked about it because, well, you know how it is. You're a little, you don't want to jinx them, but it's so close now. You kind of have to talk about it. 
Marshall's softball is within striking distance of the all-time record for wins in a season. And uh, I wasn't really sure what that was. I had somebody at the game on Sunday, probably one of the parents. I don't remember which one. Sorry, it was a whirlwind weekend. Tell me that the all-time record for wins in a season is 42, and mm-hmm. we have 39. We have two three-game series left and then at least one in this Sunbelt tournament. So seven games guaranteed. They need three to tie the single-season wins record, four to break it. And I don't recall Marshall going four and three in a seven game stretch in quite a while, seeing as how, you know, we're 39 and seven. So that one is within striking distance. And I I really, really hope that they just obliterate it because that would mean they went on one hell of a win streak to close out the season and went either really deep and or won the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. I am here for it, man. Think about it. The the consecutive win streak, top 25 victory, lots of first, 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 first. Mm And this one is the one that's on the horizon next. They can set it without winning the championship, so they can do this in order. Most wins in the season, and bam, first uh, Sunbelt Conference championship. It's all right there. Mm-hmm. Talk ever so briefly about that uh, Sunbelt Conference that is coming up, that tournament. Uh, it will be single elimination, and the top two teams get a first-round bye. So if we finish uh, second, you know that will give us uh, a leg up. Um, maybe put us in a, a good position, but softball, man, what more can you say? What a special, <laughs> special, special team this has been so far this year yeah. with a lot of unfinished business left to take care of. As good as they are on the field, Megan, Corey, Maddie, Allie, and the rest of that t- uh, coaching staff and support mm-hmm. staff have just done an amazing job. They want none of the credit which mm-hmm. is what any great coach and coaches do. Yep. But you just can't deny what That's they right. have in place here and what they are doing. Um, I mean, sign them. <laughs> like super long-term. <laughs> sign them super long-term. Anyway, give me your final thoughts and let's get the heck out of here. All right. I'm just going to take us out. because Okay, uh, do whether, it. Whether you see us at the Joan, which you should see us there all the time, whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us over there getting ready to fly away like Mary Poppins trying to hold on to something uh, that a hurricane's ripping away from you, or whether you see us with our new co-host, Gerardi Mercer, uh, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>